You are listening to a National Gallery of Victoria audio program available at www.ngv.vic.gov.au. In this episode, Philip Brophy talks about how, in Japan, cute is not always cute. Recently, whilst working on the catalogue for this exhibition, I actually had to look up the Oxford English Dictionary for exactly what the word cute meant. And according to the dictionary, it means cunning. All right? And I thought, well, there's going to be some notion there in the dictionary that's going to acknowledge cute as we more generally understand it, which is cloying, saccharine, uh, overly sweet in a certain sense, very childlike, kind of, mummy, look at me, that kind of thing. And it's just not there. So... It could be that Japanese cute culture, or as they refer to it in Japan as kawaii, uh, could be a completely different concept of cuteness to what we perceive. One thing is certain that the Western interpretation of Japan's fixation on so-called cuteness is a very problematic interpretation. There's this notion that Uh, the Japanese are quite silly in their attraction towards things being cute. As if it is silly for a mature adult to want to have their car look cute, even if that happens to be a man. There's a lot of problematic assumptions in how Western culture looks at so-called cute things in Japan and is wondering things like, well, that's really girly, right? You know, like, that's not macho enough for me. Or they're wondering like, well, you know, that's simply childish, right? Why are they doing that, right? From a Japanese perspective, that type of cuteness uh, does not operate in the same way. In Japan... Everything is essentially a hieroglyph. That means that any image of anything is freed from the pressure to faithfully represent what it is representing. So that means in Japan, the surface image, the surface level of any image doesn't have to contain clearly what is then beyond that surface in terms of what something means. So if you expand that out, when you see a cute thing in Japan, it does not mean it is cute. On the surface, it is saying, I am cute. But it is also saying, I am simply the surface of something. What is underneath does not necessarily have to be cute. This completely breaks apart the history of English semantic linguistic communication. Right? We are completely based on dialoguing with people and communicating things around the notion that, well, what I'm saying has to have a very clear connection to what I am meaning. Right? In Japan, you, know, you can have what appears to be a very cute pussycat, right? 
on the cover of something and you pick it up and you suddenly realize when you get home, you've bought an extreme form of pornography, right? And you're thinking, but I got this for my kid. There was a cute cat on there, right? And so this kind of misreading never occurs to the Japanese because, you know, they'll see just the slight, the most incredibly subtle difference in that cute pussycat and some other pussycat too. And it might simply be that, you know, the, the wording on the box says, you know, extreme hardcore. <laughs> but unless you're Japanese, you didn't read it, right? So, you know, the, often this uh, surface reading of like Japan dealing with these cute things, right? It's always decontextualized. It's kind of, it's forgetting a lot of the other signage that operates and contextualizes those things. Right. What hasn't helped things is that bad, cheap, English-speaking journalism just picks up on these things and uh, propagates the idea that post-war popular culture in Japan is just this chaotic, crazy, mixed-up thing where everything's just weird, weird, weird. Right? And their fixation on cuteness is just another form of weirdness. Right. By the same token, I could say, well, you know, the X-Men movies are made for 39-year-old fathers and their nine-year-old boys. And, you know, like 39-year-old fathers watching this stuff, you know, I think is pretty weird. Right. But no one seems to have a problem with that in English-speaking culture. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting point of cultural difference, this idea of how cute everything appears to be in Japan. But from the Japanese perspective, something like Astro Boy is cute, right? But Astro Boy is cute and entirely capable of complex emotional states of reflection and consciousness, right? And the Western view is, well, if someone's just looking cute, they can't possibly contain or embrace that level of reflectiveness, right? And when you think about it, this is ultimately, in the English-speaking culture, born of a presumption that children are not capable of deep thought. And that's the scary thing about this kind of aversion to cuteness, you know, because really, if you think back to when you were 10 years old, 7 years old, 8 years old, whatever, you know, you weren't a vegetable, you weren't an idiot, things confused you a lot, but you could still sense, hang on, something's not right here, except I don't know how to express that, but I can feel it in some way. I can read the situation. And in Japan, there's a very open acceptance that children from a very early age are quite capable of sorting things out for themselves. This also accounts for why a lot of so-called children's entertainment in Japan is quite sophisticated and dramatic in form. Right? It's not like the Wiggles. Right? It's kind of got this sort of uh, deeper level to it. And Tezuka's manga, when you encounter the stories, even though some of them are for children, right, they really are quite dramatic right? and not in a condescending or patronising way. They are completely speaking to the reader, almost irrespective of what their age is. Right? So uh, Tezuka's manga and manga culture in general is not ageist. And Tezuka himself has had this agenda through his approach to storytelling or novelistic manga writing and creation 
to not shy away from more complex things in the act of storytelling. And he's made allusions to uh, the way that in the post-war environment, you know, even children had to suffer greatly. And so if you come from that era, whereas a child, you know, you went through quite a lot of uh, uh, tough situations, that's proof to you that, yeah, as a child, I can survive these things and I can deal with these things. I'm not completely, you know, uh, traumatized by them. And uh, Western modern progressivist culture is very concerned to protect, protect the child, which is fine and that's understandable, right? But sometimes that can go too far and block off the greater possibilities of what the child could actually take and, uh, and endure. And even though that sounds harsh, it's like, yeah, let, let the kids kind of, you know, suffer a bit more, you know. Um, in Japan, they ended up suffering during the war anyway. So Tezuka comes from that period and that's imbued in his work. And that's part of that whole post-war materialization of cuteness. Because even though something looks cute, it doesn't mean that the, the character or the person or the thing is incapable of um, uh, tougher measures.